Good morning, and we just want to greet you in Jesus' name this morning. Again, want to take a message here from the, the book of Mark. I've been, I've been uh, enjoying reading these stories here in, in Mark and, and also the other, the, the parallel stories in the other Gospels. It's, it's really interesting to, it's been interesting for me to dig into some of these stories and see a little bit, I guess, how some of these people lived and, and also their, their ministry. So for, for a message this morning, the, the text is what Manny just read for us in Mark chapter 1, verse 16 through 20, but we're going to be going back and forth between the different Gospels, and there's different details that some of the other writers have that, that, Mark, doesn't ha- that Mark doesn't write about here. But as we, as we think about Jesus calling his disciples... First of all, if we look at, if we just back up a little bit to verse 14 and 15, as we look at Jesus' ministry, and we looked at that uh, a few weeks ago, Jesus started his ministry, tells us that he was preaching in verse 14. He came preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. He told the people that the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. And he, had, he gave the call to repentance. He asked people to believe this gospel. And as I believe as he was preaching, as we look at the, the different accounts throughout the gospels, as he was preaching, he would continue to... He often had a large following, a, a group of people that would follow him around. I believe Jesus had, had quite a number of disciples, but there, there are 12, and we'll, we'll read those passages a little later. There was a time when he called these 12 to himself and asked them to, to kind of be his, I guess, his main group of, of disciples. But Jesus called here in, in Mark chapter 1, verse, verse 16 through 20, he called these, these four men here. He called them to, to follow him, and he told them that he would make them fishers of men. So we look at verse 16 here. It tells us that Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee and he saw Simon and Andrew, two brothers. It says they were casting a net into the sea because they were, they were fishers. I believe this was, this was their occupation. This is what they did to, to earn a living. And then there's also, in verse 19, he saw another two more brothers that also had the same occupation. So for a message this morning, we just want to look a little bit at, at Simon and Andrew, their, their background and their call to discipleship and some of the things, some of the things they did throughout their time with, with Jesus and, and after, and then also, also at James and John. So first of all, for, for Simon and Andrew, it tells us in, in John, the Gospel of John chapter 1, that gives us their father's name as being the sons of Jonah, tells us they were from, from Galilee, and obviously according to, to Mark here, they were, they were fishermen. And I believe they, 
in, in Luke's gospel, it would tell us that they were, they were partners with James and John. So I don't know if they were kind of had this, this, uh, this business together or if they just helped each other out some. But at any, either way, they, I believe they, they all knew each other, these, these four men. If we turn to John chapter 1, I just want to read several verses there. It, it seems, as I looked at these, different, these, these accounts in, in the different Gospels, sometimes it almost seemed like they, that they conflict a little bit. And I, I guess I'm not exactly sure on, on all the timing here, but many, many uh, Bible scholars would say that the, the account here in John probably happened a little before the account in Mark. So that by the time we get to this, this account in Mark, that, that uh, Simon and Andrew would already have known about Jesus. I just want to read the verses here in John chapter 1, beginning in verse 35, and reading through verse, verse 42 for now. It says, And again the next day, after John stood and two of his disciples, this is talking about John the Baptist, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and saith unto them, What seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, Master. Where, where dwellest thou? He saith unto them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt, and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. And in verse 40, it says, One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Verse 41, He findeth his own brother Simon, and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus, and when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon the son of Jonah, thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. So it, according to the, the passage here in John, we see that Andrew would have been, followed, would have been a disciple of, of John the Baptist. And when he met Jesus there, he then, I believe at that point he realized that Jesus was the Messiah, and he became, at that point he became a disciple of Jesus. And he goes and calls his brother to, to follow him as well. So we see Andrew, Andrew, introducing, Andrew introducing his brother Peter as we know him to, to Jesus. And I, was, I, was, I thought it was interesting the way Jesus, he, he instantly knows who Peter is. And I don't know what Peter thought when Jesus, Jesus sees him and he says, you're Simon the son of Jonah. And he, he changes his name. He gives him another name, which here he calls him, him Cephas, which is, which is being interpreted a stone. But I believe in the, in the Greek, that name would be Peter, which is where we get, where we see his, yeah, most commonly called, most commonly known as Peter. But I believe, I believe uh, Andrew here was, was already doing what Jesus wanted his disciples to do. He, he was... 
he was telling others who he met. He was telling others about Jesus. He, and, and the first person was his brother. He says, we have found the Messiah. But then if we look again at, at Mark chapter 1 and verse 16, and if, if, if the scholars are correct that this happens a little after the, the John account, we see Simon and Andrew are, are back at fishing. They're uh, helping their, they're, they're probably helping their father as well. And Jesus walks along the, the seashore there and, and he tells them, come after me in verse 17. Come after me and I will make you to become fishers of men. I want to look now also at, at Luke chapter 5. It also has a few more details, I believe, on, on either this event or a very, very similar event. Luke chapter 5, it says in verse 1, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and this is talking about Jesus, and he saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were going out of them and were washing their nets. So we get the idea here that Jesus was, Jesus was teaching along the lake here, and the crowd was just probably pretty big. So he, he, steps, out into the, he steps out into a boat, and in verse 3 he says, He entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. <coughs> and then there's a really interesting story, or a really interesting thing happens here after he was finished teaching. Let's keep reading here in, in Luke chapter 5, verse 4. It says, When he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And in verse 5, I believe is a, would probably have been any one of our answers if, if fishing would be our occupation. And here we have this, probably not a complete stranger at this point, but this, this teacher, this person that, you know, really what does he know about fishing? But he tells, he tells Simon here in verse, five, in verse 4 to, to just, you know, launch on, just go on out here into the water and, and let's catch some fish. And in verse 5, Simon says, Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. So he just tells Jesus, we were, we were fishing all night and it was, it was a bad night. We didn't get anything. But I like his, his reply there. He says, nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And in verse 6, and when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. I was really blessed by his response here to this, this person that's not necessarily a fisherman. But I believe he realizes who Jesus is to a certain extent, at this point at least, and, and he says, you know, because you ask, I will do it. And in verse, seven, verse 8, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. 
for he was astonished and all that were with him at the draught of fishes which they had taken. In verse 10, it, it tells us again that I believe or James and John were also here. It says, And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. <coughs> so again, just that call to, that call to, to follow Jesus and to kind of change their occupation. And Jesus, Jesus kind of uses their language. He says, you know, you're not going to be catching fish anymore, and I want you to catch men. I want you to bring men unto me. And their response in, in, in verse 11 here in, in Luke chapter 5, it says, when they brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. It seems, it seems they didn't even care about these two boatloads of fish that they caught. As they got to land, they just forsook everything and they followed Jesus. And they, it also tells us that in, in Mark chapter 1 and verse 18, after Jesus had told them that he would make them fishers of men, it says, And straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. I just want us to, to think a little bit about, about this response. What do we do, what do I do when Jesus asks something of me that, that I think I know how to do? He told Peter here how to, or how to fish, really. Peter had been doing it probably most of his life. He had just been trying that night and it didn't work. And Jesus tells him to do it again. I like Peter's response. He says, because you ask, I will. And then when he sees that, that work that Jesus did, and Jesus says, now follow me, these men just forsake everything, and they follow him. They follow Jesus. It tells us that they were there. They were there with their father. That's in, in verse 20 then. I guess we'll get to that a little later with James and John. They left they too left everything. They left their father, they left the hired servants, and they followed Jesus. So we'll look a little, we want to look a little bit now at, at Simon, at Peter and Andrew here, and their, their service as disciples, as they followed Jesus throughout his, his time on this earth. In Mark chapter 3, And verse 14 through 19, it gives us the account of when Jesus, when Jesus selected his 12 disciples from amongst, from amongst the others. Mark chapter 3 and verse 14. Sorry, we're getting reading verse 13. It says, And he goeth up into a mountain, <clears throat> and called unto him whom he would, and they came unto him. And he ordained twelve that they should be with him, and that he might send them forth to preach, and to have power to heal sicknesses, and to cast out devils. And Simon he surnamed Peter. And then it gives a list of the others there in the next verses. And James the son of Zebedee, the, and John the brother of James, 
and he surnamed them and he surnamed them Bernerges, which is the sons of thunder. And Andrew and Philip and Bartholomew and Matthew and Thomas and James the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus and Simon the Canaanite and Judas Iscariot, which also betrayed him. And they went into an house. So again, we have Simon and, and Peter here and also James and John being being four of the, the disciples that Jesus chose to, says he chose them to be with him, that he might send them forth to preach. We also have Peter becoming part of what we often call Jesus' inner circle. He was with him on the Mount of Transfiguration, and there were several other accounts where Jesus called Peter and James and John to, to follow him they were with him. They went with him a little further in the garden than the rest of the disciples. There's just quite a few accounts throughout the the gospels where where these three were seem to be really close to Jesus. We also know Peter quite well for his his denial of Jesus. And then also his his uh, his confession of that, his restoration, and then his boldness throughout the book of Acts. And we're not going to look at, we're not going to take the time to look at those accounts, but just the way Peter became so bold for his, for his Lord, for his master is, is, a, is a blessing. And I believe that is what Jesus, <coughs> what Jesus had ordained him to do here in, in Mark chapter 3, that he might send them forth to preach. According to, to history and some Bible scholars, it's, we're told that Peter died as a martyr, probably, at Rome, probably in Rome, around 67 A.D. And we're told that he was crucified upside down. And he, re, he requested this because he felt unworthy to die like Jesus had died. As we think about... So I think about that request. I believe it tells us, I believe it tells us a lot about the character of Peter and, and what he and his commitment to, to his calling, his commitment to being a disciple of Jesus. He didn't even feel worthy to die in the same way that Jesus had died. And Andrew, Andrew was also Andrew was also a martyr, probably cru- crucified in Greece. And history would tell us that, that he was also crucified, but his cross was, was constructed in the form of an X. We might say what the, these disciples, these men that Jesus called to be fishers, and now here they are at the end of their life here on this earth, and they're, they're killed for being, those, being his disciples. We might say, what did it gain them? But I believe they realized why Jesus was here, and they realized that there was something beyond this life here. Okay, we're going to look now a little bit at, at the next few verses here in Mark, verse 19, in Mark chapter 1. 
So he had called, he called Simon and Andrew, and they forsook their nets and are following him. And in verse 19 it says, And when he had gone a little further, <coughs> when he had gone a little further thence, he saw James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, who also were in the ship mending their nets. Tells us that their father's name was, was Zebedee. And in, in Mark 16 and also in Matthew 27, it talks about their mother. Her name was, her name was Salome. And many, uh, it's also believed that she was, was quite possibly a sister to, to Mary, which would make them Jesus' first cousins. So whether that's, whether that's, uh, couldn't directly find that in the Bible, but that's what a lot of a lot of scholars would would think as well. Which I thought was a, could be interesting. Jesus, Jesus meeting his cousins here and asking them to follow him as well. And we see here in verse twenty that he called them and they left their father in the ship. He, they had some hired servants there, and they they too just followed Jesus. How many times when Jesus asks, when God asks something of us today, do we say, well, what about the family business, or what about my parents, or what about, you know, we make a lot of excuses. We find a lot of reasons why maybe we shouldn't, we shouldn't follow what God is asking of us. But these men here, they just, they just, they left. We don't see their... We don't see their father resisting either, which doesn't seem they gave him much of a choice. They just, they just up and followed Jesus. And James and John, as I mentioned, were also in the group there in, in Mark chapter 13 when Jesus called those 12 and, and called them to, to be with him and to send them out to preach. He also, we might say, nicknamed them the Sons of Thunder, And I was, as I was studying this, I was just thinking about it. Was that a compliment or was that something that Jesus wished they would maybe tone down a little bit sometimes? But as, as, we look, as I look throughout the Gospels to maybe try and figure out a little bit why Jesus called them this, there are several times when they may have been a little rash or maybe, maybe stepped outside of stepped outside of their place a little bit. The one is in Luke chapter 9. In verse 54, this was after there was a group of Samaritans that didn't, didn't receive Jesus very well. And James and John looked at Jesus and they said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elias did? So we see this, just this desire to just destroy these people that were resisting. And Jesus rebuked them and he said that, he said that uh, I came not to to kill the body, but to, uh, I should just turn there, I can't, it's in Luke chapter 9, Luke chapter 9 and verse 55, Jesus turned to them after they had said this, it says he rebuked them, he says, ye know not what manner of spirit ye are of, for the Son of Man is not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. It says, and they went on to another village. 
And then also in, in Mark chapter 9, verse 38, we have John coming to Jesus and saying, we, we saw this man that was casting out devils and he was doing it in your name, but he didn't follow us. He wouldn't, he wouldn't follow us. So they, they rebuke the man for this. They, it says we forbade him because he followed not us. And again, Jesus had to rebuke them and say that you just kind of put, put John back in his place there and, and told him that you know, if he's casting out devils in my name, why, why do you stop him? And we also have the, the account where they asked to, or their mother asked to, ask for them to sit at Jesus' side when he comes into his kingdom. So I don't know if these are some of the reasons that, that Jesus called them the sons of thunder, but we also see them becoming very active in Jesus' work as well. just want to look a little bit at the account in, in John chapter 21. This, is, this was a time when, when Peter, Peter told in, in John chapter 21, verse 3, there was, there was a group of the disciples together, and Peter told them, I go fishing. <coughs> and we have a group of them going with him. In verse 4, so we'll break in verse 4. It says, But when morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. And here we have another account where Jesus is telling these, these career fishermen how to fish. He said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. It says, They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it in, to draw it for the multitude of fishes. And verse 7, Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. I believe, I believe these disciples were beginning to understand, what do we say, how Jesus worked? Or they were beginning to maybe understand a little bit who Jesus was. As soon as they saw this miracle, they knew, John knew that it was Jesus. In verse 9, it says, As soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon, and bread. And Jesus said unto them, Bring the fish which ye have now caught. And in verse 12, it tells us that, I, I've been a little, I guess, confused by this, but it tells us that Jesus told them to come and dine, but none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou? Because they knew it was the Lord. It almost seems like maybe they were a little guilty for being out fishing again, catching fish instead of men. But it tells us that James and John went with, went with Peter. They were with Peter at, at this time when they, were, when they went back to fishing. As we, as we look throughout the book of Acts, we continue to see John and Peter work together several different times. In Acts chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And in Acts 8, verse 14, 
Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John. So we were in Sunday school class this morning talking about the chief cornerstone and the, the lively stones being fitted together, being part of this building. I believe, I believe these, these disciples were a, were a good example of that to us. As we think of, as we think of Peter's, Peter's boldness and Peter's personality and also some of the things that John would have said and, and done, we see these two men working together. They went up, it says they went to the temple together to pray, and then they were sent to Samaria. I believe it's just a, a, a good example of, of two men working together, two men with you know, both pretty bold personalities, and yet God was able to use them. They were able to work together. And I believe that's what God wants of us today as well. James is, is believed to be the first apostle that was to be the first apostle to be martyred, fulfilling Jesus' prophecy that he would drink the same cup as his master. John, John, on the other hand, was, I believe, the only, the only disciple that died a natural death. He was, he was exiled. He was exiled and, and banished to that island. Probably they thought he would die there, but he didn't. It's believed that he died a natural death around 98 A.D. So I want to look now at, at, just think a little bit for the rest of our time here about what we can learn or what we can apply to our lives as we look at, as we look at Jesus' disciples. I believe it's quite obvious that becoming a disciple of Jesus, for these men here in, in the New Testament, it involved a sacrifice. It involved leaving their occupation. It involved leaving their family business. It involved leaving their, for James and John at least, they left their father behind. And for all of them, I believe it involved a life of service that included a lot of hardship. And as I mentioned, for most of them, it, it ended in, in martyrdom or for John in, in exile. It doesn't sound like a very rewarding life. And yet I believe they could all see beyond that. Jesus asked his disciples to seek the lost. In Mark 1.17, he told them they would be fishers of men. So for us today, are we willing, am I willing to sacrifice for him? Am I willing to sacrifice everything? Am I willing to, to just give up all that I have and be that disciple? Am I actively as a disciple of Jesus, am I actively seeking the lost? Am I bringing others to him? This past week on, on Tuesday was the funeral for my grandpa. And I had the, 
I had the privilege of looking through his, looking through his Bible. And as, as we look, as, there's several times when Jesus asked his disciples a question about, do you know who I am? Or do you believe me? Or will you follow me? And at those questions, he had written, my grandpa had written in his Bible that I will, or I do, or I am. You know, we look, at, we look at these examples in the Bible and we say, wow, they were, we didn't see these men live. We, we read these stories and we say they were, you know, they were true, they were, they were faithful to God, but I believe there are people around us as well that are true disciples of Jesus, people that we can, I know there's many examples in this church here of, of people that, have, that are faithfully following Jesus, people that have sacrificed a lot for him. Jesus wants everyone to become his disciple. Matthew, just want to read those verses in, in Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. It says, it says, this is, again, Jesus talking to his disciples. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Verse 19 there, Go ye therefore, teach all nations. Jesus wants his, his disciples to go out and teach everybody. It is his desire that everybody becomes his disciple. And then also in, as I looked through my grandpa's Bible, he had several, he had lots of verses highlighted or parentheses around them. Lots of verses about, about uh, heaven or about, about being faithful. And I just want to read several of those here in closing, several from, two from Revelation. And I believe this is, I believe this is also what Jesus' disciples here in the Bible saw. Or I believe that is why they were willing to die for Jesus. I believe they knew this promise. I believe John wrote Revelation, probably during his time in, in exile there, but somehow Jesus' disciples had, had caught a vision of this. Revelation 3, verse 21 says, To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am sat down with my Father in his throne. And Revelation 14, verse 13 says, And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. From henceforth, yea, saith the Spirit, that they, may, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. Shall we kneel for prayer?